Well, hello, and welcome back to Divas, Diamonds, and Dollars podcast. We bring you the key success principles for business, personal finance, and leadership to empower you with the tools and strategies to help you live your best life. We invite you to lean in for possibly the best conversation you have had all week. Now, today we're excited to bring to you an installment from our signature Voyager interview series as we probe the minds of experts from all walks of life and bring you 10 questions and the expert answers that can change your life. Now, today's topic, if you will, is training that sells. So if you want to offer your prospects high quality, engaging content that sells your value, you will definitely want to stick around for today's exciting interview. So I'm pleased to introduce Nancy Geary, a training expert. After a lifetime in the corporate training world, custom training consultant, Nancy Geary of trainingthatsells.com knows how businesses operate and she isn't afraid to shake things up. Her unique perspective combined with 25 plus years of experience has empowered her with fresh insight and the industry's best kept secrets that she's ready to share with you. So on a lifelong campaign against boring training, and we've all been there, yawn. <laughs> um, she uses the power of storytelling and lighthearted humor to create an engaging, fun, and interactive environment, masterfully intertwining comedic humor with life lessons. Her stories make learning stick, and that's what counts. Nancy has worked with some of the biggest names in corporate America, such as Johnson Controls, Harley-Davidson, and Northwestern Mutual. Nancy, you don't know how excited I am to have you here today, honestly, <laughs> because this is actually a keen area of interest for me personally, but also it's definitely one of the pillars that I recommend for my community of multipreneurs um, training. I think that's something we should all look for. Yes. So cannot wait to hear all your secrets. So don't be afraid right. to spill the tea. No, I won't. <laughs> um, okay. So, you know, there's just a lot to cover. I don't know where to start. So I'm just going to Pretend like these are in order, which they are not. But anyhow, we'll just go for it. So, you know, when creating a course, what are some of the audience considerations when building your course, for example? Okay. Well, it all starts with who's your who's your target audience, and what is the key problem that they're facing that you're uniquely qualified to solve. So it's not unlike when you think about coming up with a marketing plan for any product or service, it all starts there. So it's that intersection of what they need and what you have to offer. That's, that's that is first and foremost. And to think about from the perspective of what is it they, they really need to know? Oftentimes experts, we've got so much information to share right? and we just want to share it all. And we lose track of really kind of what, what are the essential elements that somebody's got to have. They've got to get it right mm -hmm. to be successful. And then what are pieces that are nice to know that you could use, uh, you could deliver it another way. You could mm -hmm. create a white paper, you could create some recordings, but you, think of it like, here's my main road. And then here's the scenic route where you can pick That's up some other funny. information okay. along the way, but it's all about, and then that gives people some choice. Okay. Um, and adults like to have choice in their sure. learning. Mm -hmm. I like that. The main road and the scenic route. Do not take that detour. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Huh. And sometimes it can be a rough road. <laughs> well, you know, sadly, that is true also. I can, and I can think of some scenarios, but 
So when you have your topic and your outline, if you will, I don't know if that's your process, but I'm saying Mm -hmm. you're you're ready to start. What are some first steps one should take to gain traction and uh, gain traction and clientele, if you will? Okay. Well, what you want to do, like you said, you want to have an outline and you start out with what am I going to teach? And then you look at, well, how am I going to do it? What is going to be the best way Mm -hmm. to convey this information? So what type of visuals do you need? Uh, What types of stories are you going to tell? What are the examples that you're going to provide people along the way? And then what are the activities that Mm -hmm. they want to do? So you can make it um, interesting Mm -hmm. and interactive and engaging. So it's really, and I I, I live my life, I think, in two columns, the what column and the how column. And then when you put them together, that's what then gives you um, the essential components for for your program. And there's always the fear, though, when people are doing this work of, if I build it, will they come, (laughs) right? So it's important early in the process to do some primary research, you know, because people will fall into the the two camps of, I want to wait until it's done and perfect, and then I'll release it. Sure. Or I'm going to sell it. And if people want it, then I'll I'll build it. Hmm. And both are bad. (laughs) Oh, for okay. different reasons. Okay. One, if if you wait until you get to until it's all done, you may have created a course that people don't want or need. Right. If you sell it first, there's the risk of not having enough time to build out the program because oftentimes people can it's it's this is this isn't somebody's main work. Other things get in the way. Sure. There's other things that you have to address. So you may not allow yourself sufficient time to build it. So what I recommend people do is early on, do some primary research. You can run some focus groups, do some interviews, do a survey and say, this is a program that I'm looking at offering. This is what I'm planning to cover. What do you think? Or ask the question, what is it that you'd really like to learn from me? And collect that data early in the cycle. And then you'll, and then you have a sense of, okay, I'm onto something great here, then you can start to build things out. And if you come up with a really good outline after that, you can do what I call parallel development, where you can build your, be building your course and be building out your promotional materials. Mm-hmm. So then when you feel confident, then you can start pulling the levers to start inviting people to join you in your program. So, and I'm not saying that this primary research has to take months and months and months. I'm talking about Take a couple of weeks, Okay. spend some time with your target market and confirm that you're onto something. I had one client I was working with and she had this great idea for a course. She does copyright work about how do you protect your intellectual property? Uh And we happened to be in a group and it was her target market. And she told them about this great course she wanted to build. And they go, that's an awesome idea. But you know what? I'm also afraid of what if I do something stupid? unintentionally where I've taken somebody else's intellectual property. So she learned she didn't have one course, but she had two. Okay. And that was like in a, you know, half hour meeting. (laughs) Yeah. I, 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 and I think, I mean, I see the wisdom of it, but I'm also aware that, you know, humans being who we are, um, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a fear number one is going to get stolen or, you know, or, or rejection. But I mean, at the end of the day, you still need, you still need the information. So you have to find a way that works for you or, happy accident the way she did you know she found out and she may or may not have been asking the questions like hey bonus Mm -hmm. so 
now I don't know if this is if you agree, but it feels like, you know, training to me, I think it's so necessary and I think it's so lacking. At least those are just the companies I've been in. But um, <laughs> so maybe it, I, I just don't necessarily feel like companies prioritize training. So how do you overcome the challenge? And by challenge, I mean, oblivious companies uh, and then get your foot in the door. What yeah, if you want to be if you want to be offering your training to somebody else, correct? That's what right. you're going. Yeah, yeah. You know, the challenge is. If they, if they're experiencing, like anything, you know, what, what are the pain points that they're experiencing? Mm -hmm. And you really got to dial into that mm -hmm. and see if what you have to offer is going to solve that okay. problem. Mm -hmm. You know, if we look at sales, for example, everybody wants more sales. Sure. So, you know, going in and working with a company uh, and saying, you know, I have this great sales process and I have expertise in your target market so mm -hmm. i can i can teach your people mm -hmm. what it takes for them to generate more sales it, you know it's kind of a yeah would you like to would you like to have your sales reps produce more uh well who's going to say no yes right 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 yeah <laughs> so it's oftentimes you know you have to sort of you got to be in the right place at the right time sometimes sure. uh, -huh. uh you know i know somebody she does something around negotiation you know are people having challenges with negotiation you know you've got to probe and ask questions right. to kind of assess what their needs are and then look at do i have something that mm -hmm. i can offer to them mm -hmm. can i build something that will work for them or sometimes it might just be it, it just the, the timing uh, the timing isn't right that's true that's true and it's so important, and I kick myself regularly because, you know, I, I'll hear the words and I was like, you know, I gotta learn to ask better questions. And I yes. think it's probably something we could all, you know, just kind of remember, you gotta ask better questions. I mean, um, be happy or surprised sometimes with some of the answers. So here's the thing, Nancy, I'm glad you, I was reading a little bit about your background and I love that you teach using humor to deliver training. Yes. <laughs> Now, I also enjoy using humor in my training and speaking appearances, but I, you know, I, I do have what's called a dry humor. Um, might be an acquired taste. I don't know. But, you know, what if, and this is a question I know people have, what if you're not funny? Yes. <laughs> or worse, you get crickets, you know, that you're like, you get, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hard to recover from that. So what are, I mean, I know, I think people are afraid of humor. I hate to generalize, but, you know, so what, what's, what's a workaround? If right. Well, yeah. Because like anything, nobody wants to feel foolish. Right. Right. And oftentimes, you know, you, you can tell a joke and, or, you know, add some humor into your speech. Right, and right. if it doesn't land with people, you can be prepared with something to say when it doesn't land. You can say, well, my mother thought that was hilarious oh, or something, funny. you yeah, know, yeah. or yeah. or it worked in the rehearsal or something, some oh. kind of a of a quick comeback line. Right. Right. But, you know. I think it's to think about, you know, there, there's humor in everyday living and, right, you know, right. some of the best comedians, like I think of Jerry Seinfeld, who mm -hmm. turned very simple daily events mm -hmm. into really funny stuff, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at what you're doing with your, with your program, the more you know about your audience, mm -hmm. about the company that they work for, mm -hmm. you can find think spots where you can put in something that is humorous that, and maybe it's more important that you do something that's relatable. Right. All right. There are certain instances where just what people are, are experiencing, there's humor mm -hmm. 
-hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, right now, how many people uh, still don't know how to mute and unmute, right? Oh, well, geez. Yeah, right. You know, you know, so universal, right? Right. So there's something it, it's like, I think it comes more from if you lean into what is the shared experience mm -hmm. and, and have some commentary about that, mm -hmm. there's a good chance that some humor will surface from that. Uh, I enjoy just being in a situation and I, something is in the moment and I'll, I'll say something that's funny. Right. Um, it, it, and it doesn't always land. It usually does. I'm lucky in that regard that I kind of, I have this way of just insight around what's happening around me. And then I'll just make some smart comment. People, <laughs> it, it also can serve you well by really kind of getting into what is that common experience with people because it creates a likability factor. Right, right. And maybe likability is even more important than being funny. So I guess when I was thinking about that question, you're not actually preparing, like you're not preparing a whole comedy routine. Right. It's right. just, you know, if there, if it's, if it happens to flow and you're in the moment, then that's when you, and it comes up. So it's not like you're preparing a skit, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's better. Yeah, You don't have to. I mean, it's, I think it's when people are challenged about, I'm just not funny. Mm -hmm. It's sort of, well, look around you and mm -hmm. what are you observing mm -hmm. that's, that's happening. That's you can make a comment on. Mm -hmm. That will lighten the mood, will, will you know, yeah. lift people's spirits. Now, having okay. said that, there are some people they integrate comedy routines into their programs, mm -hmm. and you know that's a special, um, a special gift where they'll mm -hmm. bring in more humor, more mm -hmm. laughter, and it's uh, and it feels like somebody told me once it's like planned spontaneity. Right. Okay. It seems okay. like it's happening in the moment, but you've okay. you've thought it through. Planned. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, I just just something the other day. I put together an email to send out to my list mm -hmm. and I made a comment about how you have to really work on having good lighting when you're in a virtual oh, uh -huh. uh, space, right? Your lighting needs to be good. And I was in a meeting and a guy in there looked like a vampire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my comment was, <laughs> I was so relieved I didn't have to end up in a breakout room with him. I didn't want to know what his topic was. And it kind of like that sort of kind of played off of it um, to try to make light of of what I saw, right. you know, I just saw something like that guy looks like a vampire. Yeah. Or some you know, stage makeup doesn't work on the small screen, ladies. <laughs> you know? I, I know it's it's tough, and you say things, and then there's that fine line. But yeah, I'm I'm. It does come up. Um, I was gonna I was gonna say something. I should have written it down. But um, so some not necessarily some, but you know the other big question I think people have is what are some recommendations as to format you know, of your training, because you kind of touched on it a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, in my mind, because um, I would rather mix it up a little bit, you know, and if you're just looking at someone who's talking, sometimes your little eyes, your eyes are getting heavier, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> what, what's are, happening with my email, right? <laughs> right? How fascinating is my phone screen? But, you know, there's some pretty good PowerPoint uh, templates and add-ins, yet I know there's also some negativity about using it, but mm -hmm. got to do something besides just Yes. Being a talking you, head. So how do you, what are some thoughts on mixing it up so that it is engaging people or not zoning out and, you know, creating the shopping list or whatever? Yes. Well, what you want to do is you, like you said, you want to mix it up so you can start and you can be on camera mm. and then you can transition to voice over slides. 
Mm-hmm. And what you want to do with, and I think, you know, when you're particularly in the virtual space, I think visuals are even more important right. because that's what they're seeing on the screen. You're not, mm-hmm. it's not like you're on a stage and you're standing and you've got your, your, your PowerPoint slides off to the side or behind you that you're still there and you're, you're, you know, and you're making eye contact mm-hmm. and you want to make sure that you limit using lists as much as possible. And if you do have to have a list, it's just keywords. So you want to have a great visual uh-huh. and a couple of keywords on a slide. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. And that that's keeps people. Yeah, people that put a whole treatise up there might know that's yeah, the you know, it's like and, and don't I read can, it yeah. to me for God's sake. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, okay. and, and at back when people were doing more things live, I used to always get a kick out of it. Somebody would actually turn around, look at their slides. <laughs> Right. Look at the slides and read them with their back to the audience. Yeah, no. It's like, OK, people, come on. We've, we've, we've moved beyond that. But it because it, see, any time you make a change that mm-hmm. creates engagement or interaction. OK, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just on a, a airline flight not too long ago mm-hmm. and the safety briefing came up. And the only time I pay attention to the safety briefing is when the flight attendant is like so close to me that to not look at them would be rude. I know. I know right. But a video came up. Mm-hmm. And I watched this video and I noticed that every time there was a new key point, there was a scene change. And even within each key idea, the scene kept changing uh-huh. and the scenes were changing to wonderful parts of the world to okay. travel to, which, okay. by the way, the only way to get there would be on a plane. And I thought this is brilliant okay. because they're holding my attention by this change and they're planting the seed of future mm. travel. Mm-hmm. Where do I want to go next? Right. So anytime there's a change or, um, you know, we're, we're in this virtual space, you know, leverage polling questions, put people into breakout rooms, okay. mm-hmm. consider bringing in other applications. One of my favorites is Mentimeter. And with Mentimeter, you can pose a question and it will, and there's all different types of output. One of my favorites is a word cloud. So if you oh. can say, I'd, I'd like to get a sense of what is what is your key takeaway from our session today? Mm-hmm. And everybody types in a word and then it comes up okay. on the word cloud and you can comment on it, or you can use it at the beginning. What do you hope to learn today? Okay. So it's a very, so it's looking for those other elements that are unique and, uh, and interesting. And then if you want to up your game, and I don't, I don't have it all plugged in today, mm-hmm. but because uh, I wasn't prepared to go here, but I have a tool that's, this is a stream deck. Oh, and uh-huh. the stream deck allows me to make transitions by just pushing a button. Wow. So it eliminates that uh, fumbling around. Hey, well, let me, let me share my screen. Hang on. Can, can you see my screen? That whole kind of thing that people right, do. Right. Um, yeah. You can hook it up through. I think people use it as a filler because I'm like, yeah, we see your screen, but yeah. We okay. see, yeah. It's sort of like, I, well, and, and to really kind of think through what, um, what your whole setup is, but it's all about shifting and thinking more about when you're on camera, that you're making eye contact mm. and that you're asking questions and you're encouraging people to, you know, type in the chat, give me a thumbs mm. up, you know, whatever you can do, calling on people by name, because mm. then it was like, oh, she might call on me. Mm. <laughs> I got to be ready. So those are just some really, you know, quick ideas. But, and that's where I think you want to think through by having that initial outline that we talked about earlier and then mm. looking at, how can I teach this? How can mm-hmm. I make this interesting? Mm-hmm. What type of activity right. do I want people to do? And really looking at it from this perspective of 
when they finish my course, what do I want them to know to be able to do and to feel? And everything you do needs to support that overall objective. So you touched on it and I was actually saving this for later. <laughs> but okay. Just but some hey. of the things you say, because I feel like when I when I started this conversation, I was kind of thinking about in-person training like we used to do. Used yeah. To, um, used you know, to so, do. It's coming back. <laughs> you know, I know it's just like this whole juggle. We're straddling the line or whatever. Right. But at the same time, um, when when I was speaking of courses for multipreneurs, I was thinking about the digital on-demand training. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we have our live, we have our, no, we have our in-person, we have our virtual, but live, but then there's also the digital on-demand yes. training. So how do, I mean, you gave some <clears throat> excellent ideas just now when I was talking about how do you mix it up? I'm like, oh, where's my paper? I got to write this down. So, <laughs> well, you know, well, recorded. <laughs> I do take, I do watch these again, <laughs> just so you know, because okay. I, I can't take it all in when I'm talking to somebody, right, but right. you know, how do we apply some of these concepts to um, that it's, you know, it is, well, essentially it's pre-recorded, so it's on demand. So you're not there. So you have to mm-hmm. still incorporate a mix. Right. So what are, right. you have some thoughts on that, I guess I should So, say. uh, so similar items apply mm-hmm. in that you want to be looking at, you know, mixing everything up mm-hmm. by between being on camera, mm-hmm. having voiceover slides, mm-hmm. and then giving people exercises to do. Uh, oftentimes people will use a, uh, a knowledge check or a quiz mm-hmm. question, not okay. necessarily, you know, sometimes it's to actually um, check for understanding, but mm-hmm. it's, it's sometimes it's, it's a way that you can just break up the content mm-hmm. by having people respond to um, a question along the way. Okay. The mm-hmm. biggest uh, challenge, I think, when you're moving into the more the evergreen type of content mm-hmm. that's on demand is if they don't fully get what you're saying, Mm -hmm. they can't ask you a question. Mm -hmm. They can't type in the chat and say, could you repeat that? Or they can always replay, but can you clarify that? So it's really important that any instructions that you give to people for activities, whether you're giving them in a recording or they're written, Mm -hmm. that you test them and make sure that people understand what Mm -hmm. you, what you want them to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, If people get frustrated, if they're not quite sure what the expectation is, what they need to do, you know, exit stage, right. Right. That's right. I'm backwards. (laughs) So it's again, (laughs) and keeping it very um, short is short, you know, make, have the videos be crisp, uh, looking, you know, around a five minute, five to seven minutes, but sometimes mm-hmm. if you can do it in less, great. Sometimes you need more, but it's one of the biggest differences is when we're in this live online format, like we are now in this interview, we can pretend this is training. There's conversation, there's bantering. We kind of, um, we're more chatty mm-hmm. and that doesn't translate as well to the evergreen content because people feel like, oh, come on, you just get to the point. You're wasting mm-hmm. my time here. Sure. Yeah. Right. I don't care about it. I don't care about the questions from, you know, uh, other people. So you mm-hmm. want to have your, everything be, you want it to be scripted, but mm-hmm. you also want to come across as natural and in the moment, not like you're reading a script, but to right. be, you know, truly who you are and, um, and be able to, and to connect with people. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's, and then dividing things into into shorter uh, modules. Right, right. So a trick is 
if you're looking at going from the Zoom format to the evergreen format is to plan for the evergreen format and break up what you're doing on Zoom into those more discrete, shorter components, Mm -hmm. you have a good chance then of being able to repurpose and reuse that content. If not, you might have to do some some re-recording depending on you know how how things work. But it's it's really thinking about it almost like a run of show. I'm putting on a show. Mm. And when I put on a show, there's you know there's acts in a show and each act has is uh, acts are divided into scenes. Mm-hmm. So kind of think of it, kind of put that filter, that that mindset on so that um, you divide it up into consumable chunks and make them want to come back for more. Absolutely. All righty. I love your visuals because you're talking and that's kind of, I we say hand talking, but you know, creating the, the visuals kind of helps as you know, mm-hmm. I know, I know you know this. <laughs> so I just throw it out there for you. <laughs> so, and my other biggie is the length of time of the training, for example. You know, once upon a time when I started on this personal development journey or whatever, I, I enjoy it. I call it a shot in the arm, you know, going to a seminar, just getting some intel. Right. Once upon a time, you could get some good intel in half a day, but now everybody is two and a half days or three days. And that is such a time commitment. So I don't know, what's the reasoning and, and is there value in doing so? What's, what, what's the scoop? What's the scoop? You know, I think that content drives how long a, a program needs to be. Mm-hmm. And you know, when we're at an in-person event, you know, okay, first is it worth driving to is one of the things we're faced now because we're doing, you know, we're coming out on the tail end of COVID here. Mm -hmm. And it's really to look at, and again, back to that whole idea, the main road and Mm -hmm. the scenic route. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to take people down the main road, what, what are the key items that you need to cover and really look at it and say, how can I do this in the most efficient way where I, I maximize the time. Now, sometimes when there's an in-person event, people like to have like a long break so they can network and they can connect. You know, when we're in person, that kind of that whole that networking and connecting doesn't seem to um, translate as well in Zoom because I think we want to, you know, if there's a break, we want to get up, we want to move around. Sure. Um, so it's, it's, it's really... Um, it's just important to kind of think through what's the platform that I'm delivering on in person, Zoom, digital. And for me to cover what I need to cover, how much time do I need to do it so I get all the key ideas that I need to out mm-hmm. in, and, in, and again, the most efficient way possible. One strategy that people will do for the, the, the more digital type products is maybe re- release a module a week. So I'm not overwhelmed. It's like, okay, I've got the, I'm going to, I've got this one. I'm going to do this week. I'll do the assignment. Then the following week, the next one will drop and the next one will drop. Somehow that seems to be easier for us as consumers than getting, you know, all eight hours of content (laughs) in Mm -hmm. one shot. Then you go, oh my God, how am I ever going to get through this? Right. So there's just, it's really, I always believe that content drives delivery. Now, having said that, Sometimes you might be invited to do something and someone will say, you've got an hour, you've mm-hmm. got two hours, mm-hmm. you've got a half a day. And then you have to look at, okay, if, if somebody is giving me, if this is, is giving me the constraint 
then how do I get my message across uh, within that time frame? As opposed to if I'm only if, if it's my event, I get to decide. But sometimes if it's a client event, right. and uh, you know, and, and we're doing work for hire for them, mm-hmm. they may give us parameters. Sure. And, you know, I was, I was working on something with someone the other day, and they wanted her to do it in 45 minutes, and we looked at it and we said, you know, this is going to be online. And we're going to lose 10, 15 minutes just getting everybody in the room and settled and ready to go. Mm-hmm. So we said, hey, can we push it? We've got 45 minutes of content, but can we plan for an hour just in case? Mm. So it sounds like it's just me that's complaining about how long everything is. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, you know, and if, it, if it's too long, then is it is it valuable? Is it, is it too long? Do you, you know, maybe it, I think it's too long when there's not value or people feel like you're wasting my time. These exercises you're having me do are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's where the too long comes from when there's no value. Yeah. I mean, just sometimes, and that's just me because maybe I have ADD, but it's like, you know, you could have compressed this and you're, you're asking See? me to commit to this much time. Yes. I got things to do. So well, and that's I, I hear problem. what you're saying, but it is. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's my, my whole thing. I, you know, and, and I'm agreeing with you and I'm agreeing with you that it's too long when you feel like your time is being wasted. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not giving you valuable information. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at an event not too long ago and every, the you know people were doing, you know, 45 minute to 60 minute keynotes. They could have been done in 30 minutes. One person actually had this great point. Everybody's, everybody's applauding. We thought she was done. She wasn't. She had more to say. So, yeah, that's just like there's the hook. <laughs> oh, the music's playing. I have to go. <laughs> if only. But um, so on. You know, again, back to getting started. So, if how does a new trainer, if you will, present herself as an authority with credibility when they're just getting out the gate? You know, they're just starting. They had the intel, but you know. They're the new kid on the scene. So how yeah. do you say, yes, listen? Yes. Well, here's here's the good news mm-hmm. is people are looking now more for expertise. Mm-hmm. So they want, they want to hear from an expert mm-hmm. and then have the expert deliver their intellectual property. Mm-hmm. So it's a question of them learning how to be a better speaker, how to put together your training, you know, if you're doing a, a whatever type of training, how to, and how to put the program together. So that's really kind of, if somebody's just getting started, if they have an area of expertise, right. then the next step is to learn, well, how do I do course design? Mm-hmm. And how do I take my expertise and turn it into a program that people are, are going to want to buy mm-hmm. and even finish? Well. <laughs> so then it's looking at coming up, going through and learning about, well, what are the different instructional strategies and Mm -hmm. what do I need to do to look good on camera if I need to be on camera and Mm -hmm. what type of activities um, can I can I have people do so it's really learning that part and I'm sorry about the background my dog who's been very quiet just came in here she decided to bury her bone in my office oh I did not hear that so you are oh you didn't hear okay that's good spill the secrets I spilled the secret yeah the head of security is on duty here So, and, and maybe that kind of leads to uh, what my next question was, because again, what say, for example, is a prospect education system? Is that part of your. Yes. So that's teaching strategy or. Yes. So a prospect education is really about 
what do you do, you know, so you're looking to bring in new people into your universe. Okay. So one way to approach it is to come up with a, you know, it, it's really, a, it's a type of drip marketing campaign okay. where you're providing people with some very short, discrete content mm. that they can learn. So let's say you're, um, you're, you have expertise in health and wellness and you have a health and wellness coaching practice and you want to attract people to you. Mm -hmm. You could put together a series of very short programs, courses, mm -hmm. where you give some tips about kind of your view on health and wellness. Cause there's a lot of health and wellness coaches out there mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. People will start to get to know you. Mm -hmm. And then that whole know, like, and trust factor. Right. So because you're providing them, you're, you know, it's about, giving people some of your intellectual property so that when they're ready to make that buying decision, they're pre-sold mm -hmm. because they've already gotten to know you. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not, they're, they're past doing a Google search to see who's out there. Uh, and, and that's even, you know, when I started up doing my work for entrepreneurs, the first thing that I did is I started sending people out, sending out a series of emails and they were all tips. Okay. They're all what you can do to learn more about how to create courses because my list had gone cold oh. and I didn't want to go right from, you haven't heard from me in five years or whatever it was to, Hey, buy my program. Right. Right. right? Awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Awkward. So it's really, um, it's, it's it, putting that, you know, out in front of people. Another great strategy is the five day challenge. Mm -hmm. And then if I, so every day and, and challenges have been very popular, or offering some type of a free uh, webinar. And that's kind of what you do to bring people in. And we've all become kind of conditioned when we participate in these types of events that an offer will be made. Mm -hmm. But the beauty of doing the five-day challenge is people get to like you throughout the, the program. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of, they're deciding, do I want to work with this person or not work with this person? And then the fact that you're, you know, you're freely sharing what you know, mm -hmm. people really appreciate that. Right. Okay. I got so much work to do. That's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, and, you know, and that's where it, it's, you know, people that I, I work with, uh, a lot of it is a done, a done with you mm -hmm. type of a program where I'll coach people through the process. Mm -hmm. But there are some people that are like, oh my God, can you just do this for me? <laughs> so. Wowzer. Yeah. So the other, you know, sometimes I attend an event and, and I just like, you know, these people, I feel like they need some feedback. So do you recommend, <laughs> I'm just saying, using evaluations after your uh, presentation or what method would you recommend for soliciting feedback or the all important testimonials, you know, sometimes yeah. there's things to say. Yeah, it's, it's challenging. I think it is good to do some uh, feedback when you do a program, uh -huh. but here's, here's the problem though, because we're all human. Mm -hmm. We will always focus on the negative I know, I know. that it's, people it's, say, mm -hmm. and you have to really kind of look at it from the uh, a perspective of what really went well here mm -hmm. and what could I do to improve? Mm -hmm. And maybe it, it's, it, and is it, is the negative comment just a one-off? Mm -hmm. Let's say you get 15, you, have, you get 15 evaluations, 14 are great. Mm -hmm. One is negative. Mm -hmm. So 
maybe that's just, maybe that person just isn't meant to be part of your tribe. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I also like the idea when you're at an event, you know, there's always when you're done, if you're doing something in person or, you're doing, or even if you're doing it something virtually, people can say, oh my God, that was great. Mm -hmm. You have an opportunity then to grab a, a, a video testimonial. So if you've got your phone, you can shoot it on your phone. Mm -hmm. Or if you are on Zoom, you can just ask people to say whatever it is that something nice about the program. And then you've got that to capture. It's always a good idea, though, to have some specific questions like, what did you, I'd love, I'd lo thank you so much. I'd love to get a testimonial. Can you mm -hmm. tell me what it was about this program that really made a difference for you. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me about the action steps that, that you're going to take? Or mm -hmm. can you tell me about what you really um, enjoyed about the program? So to kind of give them some specific questions so they just don't go, you were awesome. And then you're like, okay. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> well, awesome's not bad, but yeah, it's not helpful yeah. for someone who's considering. I don't think. Yeah. So, um... I think we are coming pretty close to my last question. I may have lost count. But um, are there any new training trends that we should be aware of, for example? What I'm seeing is after being locked down mm -hmm. for, what, two years, mm -hmm. people are looking for community. Mm -hmm. So think about how can you integrate your courses into the community that you have? Mm -hmm. So that you're giving people some work that they do independently, but then bring them together as a group, um, to, you know, it's whether it's a, a group coaching or you're going to do some kind of office hours or some way that you can keep people mm -hmm. um, connected and working together. Can you build in a buddy system or accountability partners into mm -hmm. what you're doing? Uh, use uh, a Facebook group as a place for people to engage with each other, but mm -hmm. people are longing for, I don't wanna just sit me and my computer anymore, but I wanna be connecting with people again, mm -hmm. whether it's in the virtual world or in person. I think people are just, we're just, we're just hungry to, to be with people because we're that human. Contact, that human contact, that's what we're I here know. for. It's such a thing. I, know. I always say that people are social creatures and yet we do so many things to push people away. So oh, I know. community is so important. Okay, now two questions that we ask everybody. Okay. Nancy, <laughs> busy lady. What yes. is your go-to daily success routine? My go-to daily success routine is I look at what are the top three items on my list mm. and I separate them out from my long list and I focus on those three items. And when I get through those three, then I go back and I look at, okay, what's next? And that allows me to stay focused on what is it that I really need to accomplish today. That focus is critical. Okay, now as a parting mobile maker tip, what is the one thing every businesswoman should know? As a parting mobile maker. That's right. We're here to make lady moguls. That, do we not start oh, the mogul. conversation that I way? Mogul. You said mobile. I'm like mo mobile. A mobile. No, maker. mogul. Lady moguls. <laughs> lady moguls. I don't have on my t-shirt. Lady mogul. <laughs> lady mogul. Well, I. You make five connections a day. Mm. That is a good one because you have to, you need the people. We you need, need to people. keep connecting with people and never, um, never step away from your network. Mm. You always have to say, you've got to stay connected because you want them to be there 
when you need them. And mm-hmm. if you disappear and then you reappear, it's like, hey, I'm here. Uh. Mm-hmm. And, but anyway, and I think that's, you know, I try to connect to five people a day. Some okay. days I do it, some days I don't. This counts, <laughs> right? It does. So so it's noon or it's almost one uh-huh. and I've got two more to two more to go and I'll meet my goal for the day. Well, there you go. I told you we're busy. You're getting it done. I'm getting it done. Nancy, I've really had a good time. I have learned a lot and I already told you I'm listening again. Uh, oh, she now, goes. Now she's up. She heard your name. Yeah. Anywho, <laughs> as we close, how can people reach you or find out more about you or, you know, your services? Okay. The best way to reach me is to go to my website, which is, thank you, head of security, Miss Moneypenny, which is nancygeary.com. And Geary is spelled G-I-E-R-E. You can go there. I'm getting ready to, uh, I'm going to have a book that'll be launching this fall. So stay tuned folks for that. And it'll be all about, it's called Bundle Your Brilliance, Turn Your Expertise into High Profit Programs, which is my book and my new flagship program for entrepreneurs. So if you head to my website, you can, you'll get a a nice uh, PDF download of my process. You'll get on my list. And then hopefully you can join me in one of my free training sessions and we can just kind of get to know each other and figure out well, what's the best way to work together. Very awesome. You can also Nancy. call me. Call me. You can say call your me. number. It will be if you it's okay. It's 414-315-9809. It's from, from when I lived in another part of the world. Okay. And my email is nancy at nancygeary.com. So all methods of communication are welcome. Very good, Nancy. And I'm sorry I talked over your number, so you need to say that again. Oh, that's fine. It's 414-315-9809. All righty. Nancy, thank you for joining me. It has been so much fun today. Yes, it's been my pleasure. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Awesome.